Hi, welcome to the Dan Bradbury podcast where turnover is vanity, profit is sanity, and cash is king. In this podcast, I'll bring you resources, tips, interviews, and lots more to help to grow your business and make it less dependent on you. Welcome, Ricky, to the Dan Bradbury podcast. It's an honor to meet you and have you as a guest on his program. And congratulations on making it to the finalists in the Ultimate Entrepreneur Competition, which will be happening June 21st and 22nd in Warwick. Um, congratulations and glad to have you here. You're with Evergen Solar. If people want to check you out, they can go to evergensolar.com. Uh, and let's kind of start with your company. Let's kick off with that, right? Because um, you're in a business which is, is heavily regulated by the government. So a lot of your, I don't want to say a lot of your success is reliant on the government, but certainly they could make it very difficult for you. How do you find yourself dealing with um, a business where much of your freedoms are limited through regulation? Thanks, Sophie. Yeah, um, good question. I mean, it's... Um it is heavily regulated. Um, and to be honest, that was one of the attractions to this sector. Um, often, if the barrier to entry is too low, uh-huh. it allows a lot of competition to kind of sneak in and become yeah. quite price driven. So that was kind of one of the attractions yeah. for me to this business. What a great reframe, right? Like in my head, I was sitting here thinking, oh, what a pain in the ass. And you're thinking, hell yeah, that's good that it's a pain in the ass because that means I'm going to have less competition. I've just, uh, right, by the way, right there, that one little bit of information made this whole podcast worthwhile for people who are listening. I don't know if you realize it or not, but that's a really cool frame, a good way to look at that. Um, you've been in business for about 12 years. You've been in Dan's Mastermind now for about four years. Um, uh, obviously, you must be getting some value out of it, be doing it for four years now. What kind of growth have you seen over those period of four years? Yeah, it's been pretty, uh, it's been pretty, pretty intense. I mean, obviously, COVID was pretty damaging. Um, yep. We kind of stripped back to almost a negative balance sheet, but in terms of sort of general trend has been pretty good. Yep. Uh, when we joined, we were probably sub 1 million revenue with a pretty fine uh, net profit margin. Yep. Um, but yeah, over the years, it's been phenomenal growth. We're now sitting at a run rate of around two and a half million a month. Well done, um, well done, buddy. I love hearing success stories like that, man. That's got to make you feel good to be able to sit back and look at where you've come from over 12 years to doing two and a half million a month. That's awesome. That's really impressive, brother. Uh, let's talk about um, what you've been doing to make those results. Now, obviously, COVID, I mean, that put a block on everyone, right? And in your industry, especially, right? You've got to go out to people's homes to install the solar units and things like that. Um, I would assume... <laughs> They didn't consider you to be an essential worker, so you were probably locked down. What did you do? How did you pivot during COVID to to at least stay in a survivable mode? What did you do? Um, so at the start of COVID, we just tried to kind of assess what the situation was, uh, how long we expected it to be as it was. Um once we kind of got an idea of that, we did diversify temporarily, which ended up being a bad move in the long run. Mm. Um, it's kind of a short-term fix. We did it, got burned. Uh, All right, what did you do? I got to know. Where did you try? Uh, PPE. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
You were doing yeah. PPE. You were, you were actually organizing the PPE loans. None of the uh, the protective equipment like masks and gloves oh, and things oh, like this. Oh, okay. so, yeah, yeah. Protective. You were selling yeah. the equipment. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's um, that's a bit like uh, buying a stock when it's hot, right? So if you would have known the pandemic was coming, it would have been good to get in. But when you are mid-pandemic, you're probably purchasing things at top price, but uh, still high demand. It didn't work out very well for you. Listen, dude, that's still awesome that you were at least able to go, okay, wait a minute. Let's not focus on how we make our money. Let's focus on how much money we can make, right? And that is a real interesting question for people because I think sometimes people get stuck into their business models and think <clears> that they, they have to do it a certain way. So listen, man, congratulations on giving it a go, even if it didn't pay off, you know, nothing ventured, nothing gained. Um, obviously, you know, we're at the endemic phase right now of the pandemic. So things have opened back up and I would assume businesses have returned. What have you been doing over the past 12 months that allowed uh, Dan and the judges to say, yeah, this guy should become one of our finalists. What do you think was it was that put you over the edge and put you into the finalist category? Yeah, I think it's really, um, I think from the sales perspective, we were always pretty comfortable. It was really just being able to kind of have the numbers to, to assess what strategy is going to be best for us. So it was really getting heads stuck into numbers to then confidently go out and uh, deliver the sales at the right sort of pace. So yeah, I think how did that's you kind of... that off? You, you went from lockdown nothing. Did you lose staff and had to restaff, or were you able to keep them on through um, um, through government subsidies and then kind of hit the ground running, or did you have to do any kind of rebuilding? Yeah, I mean, interestingly, we've, we've only got about four people uh, from the existing, uh, from the previously existing team. Um, okay. We've taken on a whole new raft of people. Um, really well, looking for the A players. So, yeah, how many did you have pre-pandemic? Uh, core staff, we probably had about maybe 30, I would say. Oh, dude, um, you've got four left. So that is massive amounts hmm. of turnover, right? That would be like the equivalent of Amazon coming off and laying, or laying off like 500,000 employees. So the <laughs> fact that you are here... Having this conversation with me is is nothing short of miraculous. By the way, that's probably one of the reasons why you're in the finalists is because if you can lose that many people and then rebuild, how many do you have now, by the way? Uh, I think with all the, the, the kind of uh, salespeople and so on, we're probably close to 100. <laughs> so, dude, if you can go from 30, losing 26, uh, not all at the same time, I get that there's a rotation there, but then get to over 100 again, dude, that is absolutely outstanding let's talk a little bit about that how have you been dealing with the staffing challenges has it been an easy road or has that been a big focus in the strategy of your growth it's just being able to find good reliable teams because like right now in in america it is hard finding employees right there's just there is a massive exodus of retirees that are happening combined with a lot of people that are just unwilling to accept um, minimum wage jobs, right? It's hard to find employees unless you're paying good dollars uh, for that. How have you been managing that? It's um, It's been tough. <clears throat> um, it's been an adjustment in the market. I think people are after different things. I think mm -hmm. for, for us, what kind of helped us was really um, going for the right cultural fit because I do believe most jobs can be trained uh, as long as there's a willingness to learn. And I think the willingness comes from having a, a, a culture which people buy into. So we really look for uh, a cultural fit first 
and mm -hmm. then look at kind of uh, the capability of, of the individual yeah. and how we're going to best train yeah. them to do the job. Dude, so. If you're going for culture fit first, that means you've also got a massive amount of deal flow. So if you've got, if you're hiring one person, you're probably looking at between five, 10, 20, 30 applicants to find that one good fit, which is impressive. Let me ask you this. What, what um, you know, when you come to the competition, one of the heaviest weighted categories that people are going to be judging you by is how did the information you share during your presentation benefit them in their business? So what, 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 what gem of business growth are you going to share with them that you did that you think the audience would be able to implement in their business, which would then in turn, hopefully produce similar growth rates for them? I think that's a pretty good and open question. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, there's, 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 there's a few things that I've kind of changed, um, which I think have helped the growth of the business. Um, but it all kind of boils down to really the numbers in terms of where your expenses and your income kind of sit, your marketing strategy, uh, and then your operations, you know, in terms of delivering. So yeah. there's various changes in and amongst that lot, which, uh, yeah, which I'll be more than happy to share. Yeah, I think the pandemic forced a lot of entrepreneurs to get their MBA in finance by fire, <laughs> right? It just required a lot of people to just drill down. And I, and I think, by the way, in many respects, as weird as this sounds and as heartless as this sounds, Ricky, I think it was probably good in some respects because I think it called out a lot of the, the, the weaker entrepreneurs that just couldn't get their numbers out. They didn't survive. And it's, and it's left a, a really good round of successful, powerful entrepreneurs that I think can go on and do some, some better things as well. Let's talk about um, Ever, Evergen Solar. So um, what got you into solar? I know that you, we talked about the regulation was attractive from an entrance, but did was there any kind of like a personal um, uh, passion or story that said, man, I want to get something to, that's a little bit more green and, and uh, sustainable for our environment? Or was it purely a finance play? Yeah, I mean, um, I think at the time when, when I was kind of looking at what to do next, uh, there was a big push on greenhouse gases, carbon offsets, that sort of thing. And solar seemed to be pretty um, kind of bubbling away in the background. Then government kind of got involved with subsidies and just looked a bit more interesting as the weeks went on. Uh, so eventually just took yeah. took took the plunge, really. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Well done, man. I, I love what you do because what you do is good for the environment. And I'm a little bit of, admittedly, I'm like a corporate tree hugger, right? So I have no problem with that. So I think any company that's doing great things for our environment is also a great company. And the leaders that do that have a mission, which is much, much more important than just the single bottom line. You're going all the way down to the triple bottom line. So, um, all right, listen, uh, Ricky, I know you're busy. You got a lot of stuff going on. You got tons of staff that you got to keep there as well. Uh, get prepped and get ready to go for the Ultimate Entrepreneur Competition coming up June 21st and 22nd in Warwick. Um, I wish you the best of luck, my friend. Uh, hopefully you and I will have a couple conversations between now and that competition. Uh, and uh, best of luck to you. I will see you June 21st, my friend. Thank you, Tofa. Take care. Cheers. Take care. Check out solargensolar.co.uk. There you have it, Ricky Singh from SolarGen. Listen, if you'd like to meet with him, you can. He's going to be competing for the Ultimate Entrepreneur at the Success Mastermind with Dan Bradbury coming up June 21st and 22nd in Warwick. Now, 
If it's not enough to meet Ricky and all of the other competitors, let me tell you, you're going to want to go because we have two very special guests. We have Nigel Shanahan and Simon Inchley. Nigel exited his company for a high eight-figure sum, and uh, Simon was the founder of Gresham LLP, which is a private equity firm, scaled it and grew, and exited for an eight-figure sum as well. You are going to want to sharpen your pencils, take lots of notes, because they're going to share with you how they scaled their business, so you can do that as well. Until then, please, let's all try a little harder to be a little better. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Three things you need to do now. Number one, make sure you subscribe to this podcast so you do not miss an episode. Also, get on over to Amazon to get a copy of my latest book, Turnover is Vanity, Profit is Sanity, Nine and a Half Steps to Improving Your Profits and Cash Flow. Also, join our Facebook group, the Turnover is Vanity, Profit is Sanity community to connect with other business owners.